Having learned the general contours of how I think we need to regard this area, let me move on to several specific matters. First, what do we bring, how do we perceive, and through what do we perceive? The brutal process as it confronts us. The prism through which we need to view political reality is that of fundamental principles. Not merely pragmatic considerations, but our basic principles. We need to bring a certain hashkafe, political hashkafe, Torah hashkafe, to the political order. What Arnold said of Burke, that he brought thought to bear upon politics, he saturated politics with thought, that ought to be the hallmark of our approach. Of course, for us, it means that only the kind of moral, general moral principles which animated a man like Burke, although those two, is specifically religious halachic principles. And this in a dual sense. First, with respect to many matters, there are, of course, halachas mamish, chot medinayel, chot melachim. Secondly, in areas which have not been governed by such specifics, there are general spiritual principles. And let it be noted that to the extent that we approach political life not in light of purely political principles, but in light of moral and spiritual principles, to that extent we achieve a measure of flexibility. If one approaches the political order through doctrinaire political principles, then the rules of the game are for him political, to this, to that, and then he acts in accordance with those principles which to some extent bind him. But the flexibility of the third paragraph in Kehelis, eight for this and eight for that, comes precisely from the fact that the determination of which eight for one and which for the other is left open in terms of the political elements and is determined by the moral, by the spiritual category. The moral element is binding, its application with regard to the political order, that is flexible. So the first point is that we bring thought, and not merely thought, but values, to bear upon political experience and political realities. A second, and this derives to some extent from the first, if that be the case, we seek a measure of guidance from those who have been endowed, invested with the knowledge and the sensibility related to those moral, religious, halachic principles. Here, of course, we touch upon an issue which for many is sort of a raw nerve. And this is the question of, if you will, das and the like. With regard to this issue, broadly conceived, uh, let me state categorically, I'm all in favor, and some may find this surprising, but I'm all in favor of Messes de la I think that in El Israel, the Mafdal has erred grievously, and they woke up to this somewhat late, has erred grievously in not having some such body. When I was 
involved somewhat there politically six or seven years ago, uh, one of the things which I pushed very hard was the establishment of some such council and in principle that was agreed to but subsequently was not applied obviously the powers that be over there had little interest in having anybody else get involved in the process in principle I think that some such guidance is highly desirable and all the more so from a presumably Datil Umi perspective the Tirubi community prides itself upon the fact that unlike the Haredim, they say, well, the Haredim, those are people who only are concerned about very narrow areas of life. They're only concerned about Talastat Fidl and Kashrus and Mikvoyas and Shtiblech and Matamidroshes and Yeshivas and Kodalim and everything else as far as they're concerned can be damned. But we, we have a broad outlook. We believe the totality of life, social order, the economic order, the political order, the military world. We're involved with everything. And indeed, in terms of the hashkafer provided by those to whom the Datilum community generally looks to the spiritual lights, be it of on the one hand, or the Ravji Baral Chaim on the other, that outlook certainly is articulated. But presumably, if a person holds, on the one hand, that Torah authority has some weight, and on the other, that Torah somehow comprehensive and encompasses the wide range of the diverse areas of human life then a simple syllogism should lead to the conclusion that the counsel for those who are daily Torah should be sought with respect to a wide range of issues now let me clarify I say that I'm in favor of some such approach not necessarily advocating a particular council, but the recognition of the relevance of Das Torah with regard to areas of human life outside of the narrow Daladamish Aloche strictly interpreted. But I think one has to bear several factors in mind, even when one theoretically subscribes, as I do, to this notion. First, I think we need to recognize the difference, and it's the difference which is recognized the halachi, between two aspects of human life. Chazal speak in a number of contexts of dvar shus as opposed to dvar mitzvah. Now, the term dvar shus is not to be taken as referring to matters which are indifferent, whether you wear a blue tie or a red tie, whether you eat an apple or an orange for breakfast. The Kamal speaks of dvar shus, that includes, according to Moshe Shalim, the Sugi Shuis Tafchosayin, such matters as to whether a person is to maim himself or not. If it is not the subject of a specific halacha, according to let's say the sheet of the Balatis in that sugi, if according to Madam who says that Adam Rashel Achbel Be'atzmoi, so that is the Dvaral Shus. Does anyone imagine for a moment that according to Madam and the Gemara Babikame, that it's permissible for a person to flagellate, to even maim himself, that that is a neutral matter? The level of values, it's indifferent. I mean, that's nonsense. When we speak of Dvaru shoes, we mean something which, over which a person has authority, which has been empowered to do, but 
but certainly is subject to the scrutiny of moral judgment in the light of a Torah But nevertheless, there is a difference in Dvar Shus and Dvar Mitzvah, whereas to the God to Dvar Mitzvah, there is a clear normative halachic sanction, pro or con, but the God to Dvar Shus, technically speaking, person is empowered to go either way, so that if a person were to get a psak with regard to a dvar mitzvah, it's binding. If he gets a quote-unquote psak with regard to dvar shoes, it is not binding. But again, that doesn't mean that it's irrelevant. It doesn't mean that the matter is purely neutral, and that therefore the voice of Torah doesn't exist with respect to it. So at the very least, a group or individuals, whatever the case may be, I'm not speaking now of a particular format. But the notion that a Torah voice needs to be articulated and at least heard, if not in all cases obeyed, but seriously weighed and considered and pondered and assigned considerable significance, that should be done with the God to Devaro shoots, I think goes without saying. Now admittedly, we are confronted and I understand what many of you are thinking. I, too, am uncomfortable with the message that I tell you today. We're confronted in the modern era with a serious problem with regard to Classically speaking, historically, the Torah generally grew out of a certain community. It presented a kind of pinnacle of a community. It had a sort of a pyramid, if you will, and they were its apex. And that being the case, since they grew out of it organically, they understood its culture, were respondent, sensitive to its needs, regarded themselves as related to the entire community, and the entire community related to them. Within the modern period, inasmuch as many who are, many respects, genuine daily tailor, not grown out of the general community, but either alongside or an adversarial relation to it. In many cases, they don't relate to the needs, don't understand the problems, not sensitive to the culture. And this certainly casts a very considerable pall over judgments which are offered with regard to matters that it's very difficult to understand if a person is not coming out of that world within which the problems exist, but stands on the outside. And perhaps in El Sisrael today, there's an additional complication that many of the issues which arise are of totally different scope from those which familiarly were within the scope, within the purview of G'dayli. So, there is clearly a problem here with regard to at least some of the G'dayli Menas Yisrael are here. But as far as the principle is concerned, I think the principle needs to be accepted, and not just accepted with resignation, but with alacrity, or any part of the aspect for that matter, and Eretz Yisrael. Here, one lives within the ambience of a general prevalent culture, not only culture, but general, a Gentile socio-political order, within which the Jewish community forms an island of sorts, or as I once suggested, a kind of an archipelago, cluster of islands, each person having his own cluster. One is the shul, one is his home, one is the school, and one is his business. But 
the arteries which link these islands, these are basically lachem to those he has little relationship. So he has little relation, and to a great extent also, little hope of genuinely having a profound impact. In Asi Israel, of course, the situation is very different. As Israel, the totality of one's venue is ours, and as a Jew, and it therefore is a bin Torah, a bas Torah, person relates to the whole of it, and ought to relate to the whole of it. Hence, the responsibility for becoming involved and engaged is much greater. The potential for better or for worse is greater. There's much in Arts Israel which provides acceleration, which is the impossible diaspora. There is much which is a source of agony which wouldn't come up in the diaspora. But precisely because the atmosphere is there, it's both on the one hand more highly charged and on the other far more comprehensive. The degree of responsibility, the need to be involved and engaged politically, is that much the greater. Of course, the diaspora too, one can speak of political activity within a Jewish community, which has its own politics, and one can speak of involvement, albeit relatively, relative to that which you have in Israel palate, in the general political scene. But that still is somewhat different, very different, I would say, from what we experienced there. Now, fourth, to move on to a matter which perturbs many here or now in Israel, albeit in different ways, the exercise of that act of political engagement, which is the common denominator of all. Askonis, some yes, some no, but presumably everybody votes. And this act of political responsibility is one which often raises in our minds certain questions, questions perhaps have become all the sharper in this country with the rise of so-called single-interest politics. Question of voting patterns and priorities. To what extent should a person be voting in accordance with a narrow interest, a narrow Jewish interest, or with an eye to the broader spiritual and political welfare of the community at large, ought to be weighing other factors as well. The question takes a different form here than it does in Nazi Israel, but it's basically the same question. Here people have to decide, should they vote the Israel issue, and that's it, regardless of where a candidate stands on other issues, even with regard to matters which to us can hardly be matters of indifference, Moral, spiritual matters, be it a question of the distribution of wealth in a more equal and a fairer way, be it a question of abortion, be it a question of school prayers, one can ignore all of that and simply vote the Israel issue. Now, it's Israel, it's somewhat different. There, the question, can one, should one, simply be concerned where a given candidate, or there it's more likely to be a given party, stands with reference to the Talisman film issues, to the neglect of where he stands with regard to foreign policy, with regard to social justice, and other matters which clearly need to concern us. I don't think one can speak categorically here as far as practice what needs to be done. Obviously there are times when this narrow Jewish or Israeli issue is burning, and obviously then the importance we attach to it will increase. 
if a critical issue needs to be determined by the government of this country within the next year, next four years, which can have long-range and profound impact upon Israel, one certainly would assume that an American Jew would give very substantial weight to that issue. If there should be a period, a mihitain, that it should come, and things in Israel be relatively quiet, and the question will be not a possibly critical issue impacting upon our very existence, but a question of more foreign aid, less foreign aid, then correspondingly, the importance attached to the Israeli aspect should decrease. So in practice, obviously the number of variables, where a party or a candidate stands, how far he diverges from what you would like ideally with regard to Israel or the Talos field on the one end or with regard to the other issues on the other. What I think is critical though is that we always view the matter in terms of the wide, the widest possible range, or at least a wide range of issues, that we not become single interest or single issue citizens. It may be that in practice at certain times we have to overlook other commitments, other moral interests, and simply vote the Talisat Filin issue. But even then, if there should be such constraints in practice, that should never be out of a sense of indifference to all the other concerns, but out of the sense that having weighed the other factors as well, recognizing and acknowledging their importance, but nevertheless only being able to vote once, having for the time being to overlook them, that's the kind of attitude we should bring. In practice, I say again, we have to express a preference. And the preference may very well be the Talos and Tfilnish. Although in Israel, certainly of late, some people have thought otherwise. I know of people who are Shema Mitzvah Mahadri, who in the last elections voted for the Ma'arach rather than vote for one of the religious parties. And some of whom, two weeks ago, came and said to me, they now got their dividend. Their assumption was that if the Likud had been in power, then we would have been at war two weeks ago. And we probably would have. But even if that should not be the case, even if indeed we have to vote the narrow issue, but let it be out of recognition of what a total hashkofe, a total perspective, the full range of our interests should be. The temptation to take a very narrow view is always there. And the possibility that what is going to lose one's perspective entirely is there. And we've, in our Israel, we've been witness to this recently, where at a time when issues conceivably of life and death, of war and peace are in the balance, there are those who imagine that the judgments to whether to be within the government, not within the government, should be made solely in what kind of remarks Shlomit Aloni has made. That is unconscionable, morally and politically. So let us, of course, make our decisions and they may be ultimately, as I say, Talisat film decision, but not out of indifference or lassitude in relation to the rest. And we need to be careful here, both with respect to the objective evaluation of certain factors, and also out of concern for the danger subjectively of moral constriction and spiritual erosion. There's one further issue which would merit 
more extensive consideration, but out of lack of time, I'll omit it, just mention it. That is the question to which I alluded previously, question of compromise. Very critical issue, has malachic ramifications, certainly moral parameters, but that I, I simply put on the table, uh, leave its consideration perhaps for some other occasion. Coming back to the point of departure, we approach the area of political life to some extent within the broader context of how we approach life in general. Our approach to that is one within which we strike a balance between two diametrically opposed perceptions, and not perceptions, but realities. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, nothing exists but the On the other hand, of course, a great deal else exists. And Rebbe Chaim wrestled with this. What is true of being in general is true of the political order in particular. On the one hand, to whom only the Lovado, and yet there is Malchusa de Are, kind of mirror image, so to speak, of Malchusa de Rekia. And there is a David Malach Yisrael who speaks of Choshem Amamloch. There is out of recognition that political power is part of an attempt of the exercise of political power, of the assumption of political responsibility. It's part of an attempt to attain this balance between total commitment to Malchusa de Rekia on the one hand and the attempt to establish and to maintain Malchusa de Ar on the other with an eye to attaining the fullest integration of the two, of achieving Malchusa de Are with an eye to Malchusa de Rekia, with a sense of that kind of interaction of Chayyolam and Chayyishah that we approach, from a terror perspective, the political order. I just want to give you a shkach to Ravar Lichtenstein, to Rashiva. The Rashiva will entertain questions till 9 o'clock. So uh, I urge you, if you want to ask a question, please feel free to. But I mean a question, not a statement. So that if one would like to ask any questions, please feel free to do so. I see the Katrisha and the Katshen is gone already. <laughs> 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 Anyone wish to ask any questions? We are a people that makes a bracha lafanah, and we make a bracha lachwer too. And so Mama Kalev and all those present there wish to give a hari ashikayach, thrashiv for coming, and I'm certain that uh, although you haven't passed poli sci one yet now, you certainly realize full well, or listen, he said, that politics is the study of the real. But uh, true politicians say politics is the study of the real, but never forget what the ideal is. For us, the ideal is the Torah. Thank you and good evening.